who rocks mics and rocks them well, yo. It's the biz, baby, it's the biz. 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 So, <laughs> welcome back to the biz. This is the first segment of Office Hours. And my first guest on it is Megan, who is just a music <laughs> fan and not in the business whatsoever. I congratulate you on that. Um, so, like, tell people who you are. <laughs> I'm Megan. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, Where do I you know. live? I live in Georgia. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, what do you do? Oh, man, that's that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I wear many different hats. I'm a supervisor for the northwestern portion of Georgia. Um, I train horses. I walk dogs, all kinds of shit. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it's very busy. None of that is music business related whatsoever. Not even whatsoever. Prior to pandemic, I was just going to shows. I was traveling to shows. You sold me merch in Boston. <laughs> and I, yeah, I did. <laughs> all I did. <laughs> That's all I did is go to shows on top of my normal stuff, and then shows ended. And it, yeah, and it are. did. It did. And then here we are now. So, you know, as someone who just went to shows, buys merch, does, you know, likes bands. I, I do like bands. I like music. Like, you know, is there anything about the music business or anything that you're curious about that you're just like, I don't I don't know why this thing exists or like, I don't know. What I do you don't know got how any me? of it really exists, to be fair. Like, I know it's a thing. I know you guys do it. And from what I've heard, you don't make a lot of money doing it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've got that much. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, and if if there's anything you needed to understand in a nutshell, it was that. <laughs> I definitely got that. I got that whole logistics. Sure. Um, but how do they determine what what you guys get cut or paid per venue? It, I guess so. It depends. Um, there's 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 two levels of that. There is the opening band level, and then there's like it's your own show level. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take the easy one first. So we'll take. <laughs> opening band level all right mm-hmm. so if you're an opening band like rebuilder has been in this situation many times where you know let's say a bigger band is playing the sinclair which is a venue around here that's around 500 cap and we get asked to play um usually it's 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 not always like you get asked like you kind of got to go look for those opportunities that's one thing i really try to tell people all the time too like for a while we would get offered these shows and people would be like, why do you get offered everything? I was like, if you think we get offered, you're fucking, you have no idea. Like, it's me emailing the booking agent of that band or if I know that band. And then the people that run the venue who I know and being like, is there an opening spot for that? And if we get the opening spot, sometimes it's $100, sometimes it's $200. It really is what they are offering you. So mm-hmm. there's times where we've been offered $200 and we'd say, yep that's great and then at the end of the night they give us an envelope with two hundred dollars or they'll give us a check in which i have to fill out a uh like a w uh 1099 form to like so they can claim taxes on us if we return and end up making more than six hundred dollars over that uh at a bigger venue like that sometimes they'll take a merch cut from you not all the time but um sometimes and then as you go smaller like you know if it's like a show where 
there's like 50 people in the room and it's just kind of like a bar, then, you know, they're, they're not going to take a cup from you for, from the, uh, for there. So that's kind of on an opening band level, how it works on a bigger level. Like, let's say you are the band that is playing the Sinclair mm-hmm. to like 500 people. <laughs> usually at that, you would usually have a booking agent and what they basically do is you know, they would go to what is called a talent buyer. The talent buyer is someone that works for the company that houses that venue. And they're the ones who basically buy the talent at a price. And they can, and that price can be, we'll give you a guarantee of like $2,000, um, you know, they'll say like, it's a guarantee of like $2,000 and then there's like, percentages so you can go into percentages which means like oh more people showed up so now we'll give you like 80 percent or like 90 percent usually there's a promoter rate that the promoter keeps which is 10 percent is like mm-hmm. average on there it can it can fluctuate but let, for this let's say it's 10 percent so the house would keep um 10 of the show 90 percent would go to the artist and then you deduct things from that you deduct like there's a house nut, which means what does it cost for that show to even happen there with staff, with, you know, gear, everything that has to make that show happen. If, if to make that show happen costs $1,500, then like before the band gets paid, they're going to deduct that from it. If the show didn't make the money, but the guarantee was 2000 then you got to give them the 2000 even though they didn't make that. You got to mm-hmm. give it to them because that's what the guarantee is there for. Um so that's basically how it determines like how you get paid. It's a bit, it's, you know, it's, it's different levels. Obviously, if you're on the bigger end, you can make more, but the risk is more too. Mm-hmm. You can kind of bring this all down to a smaller scale too. Like Rebuilder would do this often where we'll just put on our own show. Like Daniel, because Daniel is the promoter at two venues in Boston, like the Hong Kong, for example, like, the Hong Kong uh, holds probably like a hundred people at most. So we'll do our own show. We'll put the bands on there. We'll charge the ticket sales. And then at the end, you know, let's say 60 people showed up at $10. Then we have like $600. Then we'd look at them and we say, okay, we got to give the house takes. I think they're like, I think it's something like 10%, but like they would take, we'll give them the 10%. So it's like 60 bucks. We hired someone to do sound for that. I think that's usually $75. So then we'll give them the $75. Then we have the leftover. And then we'll usually look and see, okay, whoever opened, probably give them 50 to 100 bucks. Or like sometimes it's even. If we look at it and there's enough money, that's just like we'll just split it evenly. We'll go that way. You still make more that way than usually being the opening band on like a bigger show, you know? But it's more work. Yeah. I mean, you got to work in all of them anyway. Like if you're <laughs> the like if we're the opening band for a sh- for a, for a show at Sinclair and we we're we're given 200 bucks, mm-hmm. I guess yes, technically we don't have to do anything, but it's a bad look. And it's like, well, these guys didn't promote at all. <laughs> they didn't bring anybody. They showed Next, up and played. They showed up and played. Next time, I'm not going to ask them to play because I know what they're worth. Where if we like 
let's say we bring in a shitload of people into the room and they only had to pay us $200. Like that works in their favor for sure. Mm-hmm. In our favor, it's like we played to more people of a bigger audience, to people we've probably never played before. We'll probably do well in merch sales that night. I mean, there's shows that we got paid so bad, but we did so well in merch that we were just like, okay, this made it worth it. You know, and you, you need to calculate that stuff beforehand too and mm-hmm. be like, you know, like, yeah, maybe we won't take this show because like it doesn't seem like anyone's going to be there. Is it all on us to bring everyone and like, are we even going to make any merch? If the answer to all that is like no or maybe, then like, fuck that. Don't do that show. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a time hole right there. You waste your time, your money and everything. Yeah, it really is. You know, and I always say that like every time you have a show, you need to look and see like what what value is it bringing to you? You know, uh-huh. like it doesn't need to be monetary, but it needs to be something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it. I, I think those are pretty much like your two levels that you have there. It's like if you do it yourself and you are the promoter and you're the, you know, you're everything and you're putting the bands on, you use, you, you can make more, but the risk mm-hmm. is higher on you. But if you're just asked to like play something, then you'll, you'll get your like flat rate. <laughs> it's not bad. So something like uh hometown throwdown, how much did you make doing that? Hometown. Yeah. <laughs> by all means, it. by all means. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so like that was like a House of Blues show, uh-huh. and I think on that one, I work for Boston's, so I think that they were probably a bit on like the nicer end of like giving us more like probably that slot would have been usually around a hundred to two hundred dollars. I think maybe mm-hmm. we made like two fifty. I think around then, so it's like that's generally what an opening band would get to like pay. To, paid to do that slot um you would think that because it's like house of blues and way bigger that money goes bigger but it doesn't because it's like you know it's just again it's like people want that slot they could they could offer twenty dollars and they would have no problem getting people to do it you know you get your name out there yeah but you know you it you still got to give something i mean like you know when i i feel like when bands are of that caliber and they're like some of those bands you know, this may shock you. I don't know if you know this, but like some of the bands that are like big like that sell their opening slot. Really? Mm-hmm. See, I don't, I didn't know that. There's bands that they will do a tour and they will sell the opening slot on that tour. And a band is now paying to be on that slot. And they're like, well, we'll get to play to more people. I say, fuck that. I think no, that, that is seems bullshit. so shitty. It's so shitty because you're going to tell me that like a band that is out there making something like every night, they're making like something like 10 to like 20 grand mm-hmm. a show or even five grand a show. You're going to tell me you can't even kick that band a hundred bucks. Like hundred bucks on a show is not great pay. But at least you're paying for their gas every night and then the rest is on them to hustle to sell merch and do something to like make it up. You can kind of come like at the end of that tour and maybe be okay. But like when I see that, it's fucked fucked up to sell that (laughs) slot. Yeah. Like do you not remember what it was like to start from the bottom? I know. I know. It's, It's crazy. So, you know, I'm glad that like those bands that we've opened for at House of Blues, like, do give, like, a decent pay for that, like, considering the rate of what that is, you know? Um, like, I don't, I, I, unless you're, like, very big of, like, a co-opener or, like, someone who's just going to draw a lot, like, I don't see the opening slot going more than, like, $500. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<laughs> I will say, the one time Rebuilder got paid like more money than we ever have for any uh-huh. show was actually, I think, the second time we opened for Dropkick Murphys at House of Blues. I got an email from their booking agent, who I'd never met. And the offer was... This might be wrong, but I don't think I am. I, I think the <laughs> offer was around like 700 And I was like, fuck yeah. Well, I mean, obviously would want to do it. But I was like, that is so much money for mm-hmm. an opening band that like we live here and fucking nobody knows us out here. You know, like not like the show's already sold out. It was St. Patrick's Day. Like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, like they would have been they could have been like, we'll give you an we'll give you a backstage room that you have to share. And we've been like, yeah, that's cool. Um, Like and I said, yes. And then the lady like I was I was selling merch for Dropkick and the lady who works at House of Blues was really nice. And she came up to me. She's like, your band member said you'd be here. I was like, yeah, I, I settle up. So like. Just come to me with all the money stuff. And she's like, great. Um, here, like, here's the check. You just have to sign this off and we'll hand it off to you. And it was like 150 bucks. And I was like, um, no, I was like, it's, it's like $700. And she was like, no. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, there's, n- there's no way. I was like, I have the email. So I showed it to her and she was like wide eyed. And she was like, um i'll be right back and then she like left for a very long time (laughs) and then came back with the new check for that and i was like signed it off and i was like yeah this is why you keep i had my contract on my phone and everything because i knew i was like this is no for sure i was like there's no way this is right and uh yeah like we we definitely got paid more than we were probably supposed to for that show. But I mean, it was offered. I took it. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why would you, you question why, something so why good? Why question it? But I knew I like. I was like, "There's no way this price is right." You know? You think, and, was like, that like a typo? I don't fucking Somebody know. fucked it up. Whatever. You got Some, paid. I, I, I remember saying to like Sean, like my buddy who is the who like was the merch guy at the time. I was like, "Dude, mm-hmm. they paid us like seven fifty and he was like nobody has been paid 750 in the history of me working for this band as an opening slot. Like, are you kidding me? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody fucked it up and we took it. <laughs> oh yeah. It was great. It was awesome. But like that, you know, like had I not had the contract, I probably wouldn't have been able to argue it. Oh, not at all. That it's smart yeah. to keep that shit on you though. Absolutely. <laughs> you <got> your eyes. <laughs> uh, what's been your favorite bigger band to work with or small band, whatever. Um, Boston's and Dropkick are the ones I've worked for the longest, and both of those have been great. I've just learned so much about, like, from both of them. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, with Dropkick, I started pretty early on helping sell their merch and, like, watching it go from, like, it's still a big band but smaller and watching it grow to, like, what it is now and, like, how much merch we had to check in, how much we sold every night and stuff like that. It's, like, it's really interesting, and that taught me a lot about, like, the stuff that we had to order and like how I should look at merch and stuff mm-hmm. and Boston, same thing. I mean that them, I get to go on the road more when they do go on the road, but like displays, how things should look. They have a lot of different colors. So you have to like, you know, it's kind of like a mat, like a science, how you like put the shirts next to each other. So things don't like kind of clash and you know, you, mm-hmm. people get confused. Um, those have been the two that I've, I've worked for the most. But I mean, I've I did some jobs for Frank Turner, and his fans are really really nice. That's one thing that I love. <laughs> Whenever we do shows with Frank, I'm just like, mm-hmm. 
awesome. Everyone's going to be so nice. You know, like <laughs> dropkick, everyone's going to be so drunk. You know, <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, um, but yeah, like they they're, I mean, uh, the first band I ever worked for was a band called kicked in the head. I didn't get paid mm-hmm. anything to work with that band. I just wanted to be there. I did everything to be there. And, uh, I learned so much about the business and, and life there. And those are, that's still like some of my best memories was like working for that band and just being in a band complete i was like 17 i couldn't even get into half the places they were playing and i was just like yeah i'm supposed to be here you know like everyone's getting drunk after the show and i'm just counting money in the back of the van and like being like yeah we have all this like i was so super organized about it they could have cared less they were just like yeah yeah that's cool and i was just like this is important this is money do you not understand this is money yeah yeah this is money you don't just throw this away you don't you don't like you know i i mean it's just it's because that's the crazy thing though right like that band i worked for in high school and they were on the up and up and the guarantees that they were getting for shows are pretty much the same guarantees that they told you what bands are getting for shows now. So nothing ever changes, essentially. Not really. It, unless you break out of this, like, kind of, like, this next tier and you have, mm-hmm. like, people working for you who can kind of get you that stuff, um, it's hard to break out of that, like, $100 $200 zone. That's so fucking wild. I this mean, obviously, why... I knew there was no money in it, but... You're just doing it because you love it at this point. But like $100 and $200 is like such That's little like money. That's nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing at all. Um, so I like to play the what's been your best, what's been your worst, mostly the what's been your worst. So what's been your worst venue experience as far as like dealing with promoters or what have you? I'm sorry. I love this. I ask this to my Uber drivers and my Lyft drivers. <laughs> nice. Well, this we have we have four minutes before Zoom's gonna kick me off, so this will be my last. Tell me a super short one. Let's go. Um, it's it kind of just gets slumped in. Like I always come back to a show that we played in Florida that was like really fucking terrible in like like Lake Worth, um, Florida. But it's it's just like it's it's when everything's really unorganized and no one cares, and that's kind of like the worst thing. It's just like. You know it too. Leading up to it, like you're trying to talk to the promoter, they won't email you back. There's no Facebook flyer for it. There's no flyer at all. You've offered several times to make the flyer. You've offered several times to find opening bands, and there are no opening bands on the show. You basically have just no info, and then you get to the point where you're like, you're driving to that show, and you still have nothing, and you're like, I, I get to a point there where I lose my mind. I'm making flyers like days before, putting times that I think are right, you know, and just sending emails being like, dude, what the fuck? Like we're on, we need this info. Like this has to happen. Um, and then, you know, those shows are never good. There's no promotion for it. The bands on it are usually terrible because like they didn't listen to your stuff and like think of who pairs <laughs> well with it, you know? Um, <laughs> You know, like, it's just so unorganized. Those are always the worst ones. It's just like you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. You've never been there before. And it was obvious that, like, it was just a promoter who was like, yeah, I'll do your show. And then you just never hear from them any ever anymore ever again. Like, I think that show we got, our guarantee on that was $100. And I was like, oh. I will just pay 
a hundred dollars to not play this. I like. I'll, <laughs> I will I'll, pay you to take me off this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that money out, put it in the band account, and be like, "It's like we played." Oh, you know. This. <laughs> yeah. That's why usually, like, you know, when you become friends with other bands in other cities, you ask them to set it up. Like us and Dead Bars do that all the time mm-hmm. because, like, I know that like they know venues in Seattle, they know bands in Seattle, they can book the show for us and have it be a good show. When they come to Boston, we'll do the exact same thing for them more than any promoter that they could go through because like we actually know what they sound like and we care about it a little bit more you know <laughs> they're your friends they're our friends and we don't want to screw our friends over so you gotta support the homies exactly so <laughs> it, you know those are always the better shows yeah the bad ones are just the ones like if you yeah if you're gonna go see a show and you can't even find any info on it and there's like no opening bands listed on it get ready for a shitty show it's, it's gonna be terrible it's, there's, it's not gonna be great at all you know i think one one show in vegas we played once there was a guitar hero competition happening inside. Oh. And that was advertised bigger letters on the flyer than our name. <laughs> that was a shitty show. <laughs> you got your priorities. You know what crowd yeah. you're drawing at least. Yeah. All right. Well, Zoom says I have less than a minute. So. Well. <laughs> it's been fun. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks being for letting on. Me on. Yeah, thanks for being on the biz. I hope that I think those questions were very good and I hope that I answered them to, like decently. I'm sufficed. <laughs> <laughs> if I have other questions, I'll bother you. You know I will. <laughs> we'll have you back if you have more questions. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being on it. I appreciate for it. For sure. Thanks so. <laughs> Thank you for checking out this episode of The Biz. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe on wherever you listen and leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. You can follow The Biz on Instagram at Sal Ellington. You can buy merch at thebizbaby.square.site. If you'd like to donate to The Biz on Venmo, it's at Sal Ellington. Thank you for your support. We'll see you next episode.